Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the 20th chapter. Proverbs chapter 20. I want to I wanna just share with you what I got on my heart this morning. I want to preach long and we'll... Uh, Tell you what, when I I'll get the whole team and we'll go back to whatever you were playing right there. At the end, we'll just come back and play right there. And so, y'all didn't have to get off the floor. Y'all could have just stayed down there, man. Um, Proverbs chapter twenty. I just got something on my heart this morning. I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about revival, um, and. Uh, you know, it's just this is just something on my heart. So let's go in there. Father, we just thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the ability to meet together and get in the word together. And Lord, I just pray that you would help me articulate that which is in my heart this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. You're in the book of Proverbs. We're going to go to verse 27. And it says this, it says that the spirit of a man, I've been reading out of the New King James. Um, read, what did you have it in the King James? I, I really prefer the King James. Pull it up in the King James. If uh, I should have told you that if I was going to turn around and look. Uh, but anyhow, um, it says that the spirit of a man uh, is the candle of the Lord. The New King James renders that that it is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now let's look at this again. It says that the spirit of the man, look at your neighbor, say the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord. I got this thought on me. You know that uh, we were privileged uh, to go to, uh, we were in Columbus, Ohio last weekend. We were privileged to go to a conference called The Call. And if you're not familiar with that, you can Google that and, and, and see what that's all about. And, and how many how many is in this room has ever went to a conference or whatever? You've been to the ramp or you've been to IHOP or you've been to Reading or you've been to Christ for the Nations. We've got some privilege to go there. And you know all you know all of these things. And and you know if you're out there, these guys are all preaching revival. You got Dutch praying for revival. You listen to Damon Thompson, he's at the Carolina Revival. And 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 this is the deal with me. What I want to get to this morning is a lot of times that we feel like a move of God's going to come out of a suitcase. It's easy to get into vain that you think somebody's going to come bring the move. And I can tell you this, a move of God is not coming with some shiny shoot evangelist and he ain't going to bring it out the back of his trunk. If he does come and it does happen, how many knows will say, well, you know, Pastor, that did happen. It happened in 1995. And it happened with John Kilpatrick down in Pensacola, Florida at Brownsville Assembly of God. But let me say this, that Steve Hill walked in a prayer storm is what he had walked in. He had, walked in, he had walked in a man's private devotion where at 5 a.m. he met with God on the front row of that church crying out to God saying, God, please touch us. Please touch this place. And the power of God hit in Pensacola that day. And so I just want to talk about this morning about the revival that we are looking for. The revival that we want to see. Where is it coming from? It's coming from the man in the mirror. 
the move of God that you long to see is on the inside of you. Now, we all say this, well, uh, you know that, that uh, I'm not as close to God as I, as I want to be. You're exactly as close to God as you want to be. Come on now. You, we can't say these religious games. Well, I'm not as close to him as I want to be. You're absolutely living as close as you want to live right now. Because if we wanted to live closer, we would begin to adjust some things and we would begin to position our life in a different way to get close as we wanted to be. Come on now. And I've said it like this. How many knows that you're sitting in the house and hunger pains hit you? You know what I'm saying? You, you're sitting there and a couple of commercials come on while you're watching the ball game and you realize that you're hungry. But what we'll do a lot of times is, is if you're like me, I'll wait on Catherine to come in. And I'll wait on her to say, do you want something out of the kitchen? I was hungry the whole time, but I wasn't willing to get out of the chair and go get it for myself. Come on now. I was waiting on someone else to go get it for me. And I, I want to I talk this morning just basically what's on my heart is that we can't wait and we can't sit back and position ourselves and believe. And you know, if we made some connections in Ohio, that if Lou would come here, if Lou would come here, ain't going to change nothing if we don't passionately pursue God. Come on now. It don't matter what kind of person you bring in here, Dutch or anybody else or Damon Thompson, they can help push it, but we have to we have to believe that the move of God that we're longing to see is on the inside of us. All right, so give me a minute and we're gonna get here. Let's go to John chapter five. Let's go to John chapter five. Now, <clears throat> you just stay with me. I promise you God's gonna do something. John chapter five. I hope we don't catch nothing on fire here. I just seen this as some type of what naughty thing we got in our house. And I grabbed it this morning. And so Catherine asked me what you're going to preach on. And I went and grabbed that. I said, I'm going to preach on this today. But listen to this. When you go to a conference, <clears throat> or it don't have to be a conference, it can be a service. Now see, everybody in here should be able to point to a place. You should be able to point to a place and say, man, God ignited my life in that service. Can, can you remember that? Everybody in here should be able to point to a place, man, this is, I mean, I, I was a Christian, but I'm telling you, this is the time, man, I mean, something really got a hold of me in this place. For me, it was February the 2nd of 1998 that God really got a hold of me. I had a living encounter with the living Christ. How many knows he's still alive? Come on, somebody. And so I had an encounter with him. Now, I'd had encounter with church plenty of times before that, and church won't never save your life. The Bible don't say if any man be in church, he shall be a new creation, but it's says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. There's a whole lot difference when you meet church and when you meet Jesus. A lot of times church has got Jesus covered up. I'm going to get off my soapbox here. I'm trying to say, Danny must have so many rabbits up here from last Sunday. I'm still trying to kill them. You know what I'm saying? Ones he didn't get. But Lord, let me stay at the task. So <clears throat> what happens is, and let's, I'm going to use my life. In February the 2nd of 1998, God met me on a Monday afternoon. <clears throat> I'm coming up on that 20th anniversary of God doing those things in my life. And so in that night, what happened is, is I, my spirit man run into an encounter with the flame of Almighty God. How many knows he does burn? Hebrews 12 says our God is a consuming fire. And what God desires is to light a literal fire inside of every person in this room. Do you understand that the, that the answer to our city's problems lies with on the inside of you? 
We can't expect the D.A.R.E. program to stop drugs in our cities. We can't expect some high school counselor to stop premarital sex in our city. What stops premarital sex is when you run into the internal flame of Almighty God. Come on, somebody. What stops a drug problem in a city is when a body of people encounter the eternal flame of God and we realize that God burns for us. Come on, somebody. He, he, he is more willing to burn for you than what you're willing to burn for him. And so what happens is, what happened to my life is I got lit on fire. Lord, let this candle light. Maybe like, don't let it be like some religion now, God. Let it catch you on fire. All right. And how many knows this? The easiest place to start a fire is where it's real dry to start with. The hardest place to start a fire is where one was burning. So what happened is, is God lit my life on fire. Now, I want to talk about this morning. Your job is, is all, uh, your, mine and your job it's simply this right here, how we tend this flame. What do you do with what God's been given? What do you do with what happened in your life? Now listen here, if I, didn't, if I hadn't had no, another encounter since 1998, I wouldn't be standing here preaching this morning. You got to have an encounter. Every there's an encounter awaiting you every day of your life, friend. Do you believe that? You don't have to wait on Sundays to have an encounter with God. You don't have to wait on Wednesday night to have an encounter with God. You can have an encounter with God every day of your life. It's called a personal place of prayer. Come on, somebody. And there's a living altar in that personal place of prayer. And if you're willing to climb up on that altar and die and commune with the living one, we can have an encounter every day of our life. It takes a cut worship on in your car when you're riding down the roads and you're just praying in tongues you can have a living encounter with almighty God well the church says well preacher you know we got to be careful about these encounters and experiences you know experiences can you can deceive you I will say it like this if you've not had an experience you're deceived already the reason why I believe God is a healer, number one, is because his word says he's a healer. But number two, I've seen God heal. Come on, somebody. And you saw God heal in this room this morning. The reason why I know the baptism of the Holy Ghost is real. Number one, it's in his word. Number two, I experienced it for myself. Come on now. Mm, boy. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. All right. So let's look right here in John chapter 5. This is the goal of my life. I don't know what the goal of your life, but this is it. Look at this. We've been lit. We take teenagers and we put them on a bus and we take them to Hamilton, Alabama, and they come into an atmosphere that is charged with prayer, charged with fasting, is charged with worship. What happens when they come into that is they see other teenagers their age radically going for it. They hear the preaching of the gospel and they run down to an altar and they have a living encounter with God. Is the encounter real? Yes, it's real. And what happens is, is God lights a flame inside of their heart. And sadly, many of those teenagers go to churches that are icicles and when they get back, there's no environment to sustain that fire. What I want to tell you this morning is you can't depend on me and Matt and the team to build you an environment to sustain your fire. You got to take your ownership of the fire and build your own environment to sustain your own fire. I've been... I've been in icicle churches myself where there wasn't no fire until I got home in my own prayer room. I had to learn how to tend my own fire. Oh, God. Mm. Lord, we got a consumer mentality when it comes to church. What can the church do for me? 
What can, what, what, what can the church do for me? Huh. Man, you didn't kill all these. You got rabbits all up here. They jumping all out in front of me this morning now. Listen to Listen to this. This is the goal of my life right here. John chapter 5. Look at this, verse 31. If I bear witness of myself, uh, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive the testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the, he was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. There can be no greater epitaph read over you at the end of your journey than someone to say you were a burning and a shining lamp. I said there was there is no greater reward or honor that can be bestowed upon a life than to read your eulogy and it say that he was a burning and a shining lamp. Everybody wants to behold somebody else's light, but they don't want to pay the price to get their own light. We don't need more echoes. Of, we don't need another echo of Lou Engel going out through the earth. We need voices going out through the earth. Lou's paid a price to have his own voice. Come on, somebody. And it's time we get in a place to pay the price to have our voice. All right, I'm going to plow a little bit with this. So let's look at this. In Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13, it says, A fire shall be burning on the altar, and it shall never go out. I have a fireplace in my house, and I love to burn wood in it. But how many knows this? You can't just go out and get the wood and put it in the fireplace and leave it alone. Catherine, she's all the time, she's like, My God, just leave it alone a minute. No, you got to poke it. You got to prod it. The more you poke it and the more you prod it, the hotter that thing's going to get. I've had it smoking, listen here, and lay down and go to bed and, and quit tending it. And what happened when I got up the next morning? There's nothing but ash in the fireplace. So you gotta tend the fire. You tend the fire through simple things of prayer and communion with God. It's real simple. It's just real simple. But yet it's so difficult. How, what happens? So what happens with my sent my teenager up there to the ramp and, and they come back on fire, but why is my teenager not on fire? The fire wasn't tended. Hmm. Oh Lord. How, man, I feel hmm, hmm. so who well, where's the responsibility? Does it lie, rely on the youth pastor? No, you your youth pastor. It starts in the home. How can a youth pastor do in one hour a week what we are, un, what we are unwilling to do all week long? All he can do is try his best to set up an encounter with God, but it starts in the home. Come on, somebody. It starts in the home of parents being responsible to tend the flame. But if you're not tending the flame in your life, you don't feel like you got a voice to speak in their life to tend the flame in their life. So what happens is uh, the fire gets lit on the inside of us. Uh, this is why I said in my heart, I was speaking with a guy the other day and we were talking about this one particular person or whatever and the, you know, it blazed the trail for miracles and blazed the trail for healing. 
And then they're attending a place that, I mean, in the, in the, in the straight up doctrine of the church says that they forbid speaking in tongues. I don't understand that. And I just said, you know, I said, that ain't, that ain't my lane. And I said this, and I, I told him the story that after we got back from my family's Christmas deal or whatever, when Catherine looked at me, she said, sometimes I just, you know, cause she knows I'm passionate. She knows I'm like a bulldog. I mean, I'm going to just jump in there and do it, you know? And she just said, I just sometimes wished it just you could keep some of that to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because you blowing them away with some of that. But I looked at her and I immediately started crying. And I said, if I had to be normal, if I had to be normal, I want to leave the earth. I don't believe that Jesus died for what we see in South Georgia called church. Come on, somebody. He died for a higher price than that, friend. He died so that we could be free, so that we could burn with the flames of fire like he did. Come on, somebody. He He died so that you and I could have access to the Holy Ghost and that through the Holy Ghost empowerment on our lives, that we would go out and change society. All right. Now, let's look at this. If you don't tend to flame, it will go out. You've got to have something. The same worship album that tore you up today probably won't tear you up a year from now. It's just called familiarity. Remember that? How many members when we first got uh, Chris... Uh, McClarney CD and was uh, what was the uh, what's that song um, Thirsty I remember listening to Thirsty like oh my god I mean I'm fixing to go to heaven right here I mean I'm in the third round and then what happens is a year later you've done listening to it so much familiarity set on it you know if you're not careful the environment of revival will become so familiar to you that you'll just die in, in that environment you can't live on miracles either. Miracles are nice. But the children of Israel saw miracles every day. And the scripture says that they, they, they didn't remember the works of the Lord and turned. They turned back in the day of battle. So, it, so you just can't live off of miracles. You've got to learn how to live with him, friend. You've got to learn how to have a real relationship with Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about living for him. You can't just live off a of Bible reading either. Well, so my God, I can't believe he just said that. Jesus said in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life, but you wouldn't come to me that you might have life. He is the living word, friend. You understand what I'm saying? If I sent you to the airport to go pick up Stanton Moore and you've never seen him, you didn't know how good looking he was. I just gave you a picture of him. But listen, when he, when he, when he arrived at the airport and when he got in the car, you don't need to hold the picture no more because because now he's in the car and you just need to commune with him. That's the same way the word of God is. The word of God is a love manual. Come on, it's a love manuscript written to us. But when he, the internal word, manifests in the room, we can lay that thing down and just hang out with him. Come on, somebody. He's the author and finisher of it anyhow. He knows every jot and tittle. All right. So let's look at this. You got to tend to fire. This is very simple. Now go right here to John 18. Now here's the deal. This I want to get into some of this right here and then we're going to call the team back up here and lay some hands. Right here. All right. When I was in February the 2nd of 1998, I had a living encounter with the Lord. It was a Monday afternoon. I was on my job. The Spirit of the Lord came on me on my job. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was the Holy Ghost. I didn't, when I got saved, I didn't understand why Mark said that Jesus died when Matthew said he died in the 27th chapter. So this is where I was at. My whole family was backslid. My mom sings Southern Gospel karaoke on a karaoke machine every morning before she went to work. So that was the only word that was going in our house was Southern Gospel that she would sing before she would go to work. My dad was not living for the Lord. My whole house was just, we was just, we was just good country boys that liked to hunt and fish. That was my life. 
And the Lord came to me on my job in an overwhelming presence. And this is what I felt like I heard. Now, I don't, I'm just telling you, this is what I heard. I heard the Lord speak to me. If you don't have me today, you'll die and go to hell. That's what came on me. And I was, conv- I was convicted, but I wasn't beat down. If you beat down, that is not conviction. That's condemnation. C- conviction says you have sinned, but gives you hope of freedom. Condemnation says you are the sin and leaves you with no hope. So I go home. You know, my mom's the closest thing to something spiritual in our house. And so I go in my room and I don't eat that night. So she knew something was going on, you know. And so um, so I find a, a little white Bible. How many knows the white Bibles that your grandmother used to give you? It ain't bonded leather, just white Bible, okay? I'm, 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 and so, so I, I couldn't find nothing in there. And I remember trying desperately to look for something because I felt like the Lord was speaking to me, but I didn't know how to find him. And I remember in my bedroom, and I remember throwing up my hands and said, God, I can't find nothing in this book. I said, but if you will forgive me, I will serve you all the days of my life. When I said, if you'll forgive me, the power of God fell in that room. And for three hours, I had a, I had a manifestation of heaven in my bedroom, and God totally changed my life. All right. And so, so here's the deal. I, I'm, I'm in a church. I'm in a church that is a strong Bible-believing church, but, but we preached up to so far that we had limits, okay? God, was, God could do some things, but he was limited on what he could do. Now, say these churches don't exist. They exist every Sunday, and they're rolling right now. Let somebody scream out and one of them a pacemaker go off in some of them. So I'm in this church. I don't know nothing. I, I know when I was a little boy, we went to a holiness church, so I'd seen people fall out. I've seen women with the buns, you know what I'm saying? I've seen 20 people laid out in the front. And I've seen women in high heel shoes with buns on their head with their eyes closed dance in between 20 people and never touch nobody and dancing all around them. How many know that's pretty neat? We'd be under the pews, little boys, me and my cousin laughing. Look at you. And so my aunt buys me a book by T.D. Jakes called Anointing Fall on Me. At this time, I feel like I'm called to preach the gospel. I met. We, I was Friday with the guy that let me preach my first sermon. I saw him and talked to him. He he allowed me to preach my first sermon, and he was a fill-in pastor at this church I was at. And as I began to read this book, I began to read that there was a little more than what was being preached in my church. And I was invited to go to a church, and this is where in this in this Pentecostal church I received the first prophetic word over my life. And, and so I was sitting there on a Wednesday night, in a Wednesday night service, and a lady grabbed me by the arm. It was the closing out of the service. And back then, those days, you remember in some of our mainstream Pentecostal churches, they were wing-back chairs on the stage. And the pastor and the associate, uh, the pastors and the leadership team was set in wing-back chairs. His associate was preaching that night. And we was at the end of the service. I still remember the sermon he was preaching. He was 
preaching about Elijah being under the juniper tree and I was sitting about halfway back and, and a lady grabbed me by the arm and she said, young man, she said, I feel like you gotta go to the front. I didn't know what was about to happen. I was scared to be honest with you a little bit, uh, uh, fearful. And so she, she grabbed me and took me down to the front. When she did, the pastor of the church jumped up out of the seat, grabbed the microphone and he come down to the front and he said, young man, he said that God, he basically said that God had called me in the ministry. He said, you're at, you're at a, a crossroads today. But God says, come up higher. And he said, from this day forward, you shall preach my word with fire because I'll baptize you in fire. And I was 18 years old and it felt like the power of God grabbed me by the shirt and slung me across the floor. All right. So what happened? What happens is in this encounter, there, do you understand that I had a, I, that, that, here's again, everything God's setting in our life to grow the flame. God's trying to grow the flame. You understand that the kingdom of God, religion works from the outside of man trying to get on the inside. But God works from the inside out. Come on, somebody. That's why if you see someone struggling, don't count them out just yet. It's just because the seed of the kingdom hasn't grown to fruition on the inside of them yet. But as that fire increases on the inside of them, I'm here to tell you right now, I got full confidence in my God that he will burn up every addiction, every stronghold, every struggle if we'll keep going to him it'll happen so that night man my life was changed I had preached two sermons two or three sermons before this I was scheduled to preach if you go to Alma Georgia it, there's a church over there called um, Westside Congregational Methodist Church they had scheduled us to preach me and a friend of mine I got up on a Sunday morning I hadn't preached since that encounter. My mom was sitting there on about the second row. I said my prayer, started preaching, and the power of God come on me, and I was standing up in the pews, and my mom was just standing there crying. And so, I mean, I didn't know what in the world. It was like, like Clark Kent. I mean, I went in the telephone booth as Clark Kent and come out as Superman. And, and so, man, I mean, we tore that place up, and I remember sitting at the back of the of the of the vestibule there and they come out and, and the lady said um, the lady said she said you one of them church of God preachers ain't you I said no ma'am I'm just a preacher of the gospel and so what I'm saying is this is God was trying to he was elevating that fire in my life showing me that there's another level to this flame you can burn as much as you want to burn friend this morning listen to me now let's go to John 18 I'm going to try to hurry up right here through this Look at verse 15. It says, As Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Now, that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. I chose the text out of John's gospel, but if you go back to Matthew, he adds this statement that Peter began to follow Jesus from afar. Notice what I said. He began to follow him at a distance. He wasn't as close as what he once was. You better hear me this morning, friend. The fire that you think that will not go out, it'll go out. All you got to do is just sit down and take you a break. Hey, I believe in resting in it too, don't I? I know both sides of the coin, but I'm on this side of the coin today. Just take you a break. That's what happens. See, teenagers, you go to school and they tell you, you ain't got to do all that. 
Why you got to go every Wednesday night? Why you got to go to your youth group and pray an hour? We pray for 10 minutes. Listen, look at this right here. I'm going to read this text. Listen to this. But Peter stood at the door. He began to follow Jesus. From, he, was, he began to back distance from him. But Peter stood at the door. Side, and the other disciple who was known by the high priest went out and spoke to her and kept the door. And, 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 and Who kept the door? Brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said, you, you are not also one, one of this man. One of this man's disciples are you? And he said, I'm not. Now the servants and the officers who made a fire of coals stood there for it was cold and they warmed themselves and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Now, um, verse 25, it says, now, Peter, now Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said to him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? And he denied it and said, I'm not. And one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him, whose ear Peter cut off, said, did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter denied it again, and immediately the rooster crowed. And this is what I want to say right here. This is what I felt like I should tell you. Peter was willing to be warm, but he was never willing to be burnt. Peter was willing to be warmed, but he was never willing to burn. Now let me say this. In revival, what you got to understand is the presence of God comes. As the presence of God comes near, and as he comes near, there's a reason for him drawing near. And what he expects us to do is run up into him. Now what I felt like this morning in the way this service has went, and it's already went there, but I can tell you this, he can come back again. That there's things in our life, the reason why we, we, we look at Lou and we admire that, but we're not willing to do that. We look at Heidi and we admire somebody that's willing to lay their life down, but we're not willing to do that. Because what we want to do is we want to be warm instead of being burned. When you're warm, you can still live in compromise, but you'll never live in compromise and be burnt. Let's just speak the truth in here. It's already dropping like a hammer in here. We can have some success, but you will never see the full measure of outpouring we want to see with compromise and living lukewarmness and following Jesus at a distance. Don't hand me the slippery message, friend. That's not the message that was handed to me in 1998. The message that was handed to me was go tell the church to get on fire and that fire will cost you everything. I feel God Almighty in this room. So here's the deal. What happens is, see the fire, if we're not aware of it, most, some people some people don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. Well, what there is, is there a fire? Yeah, there's a real fire. There's a real flame that God can ignite you with. And see, everybody, we talk about Heidi, and I remember, I remember them trying to corner Heidi in on a, on a thing on TV one time. And they were trying to corner her in, and, and they said, Heidi, you know, if you're not familiar, she's got a ministry called Irish Ministry. She's in Mozambique. She's in Mozambique. Uh, and, and so they tried to corner her in, and they said, Heidi, they said, you know, it, you know is it a struggle? 
You know, you're a girl from Laguna Beach, California. You came from money. You were able to go to Europe on vacations as a teenager. And I mean, is it a struggle? Is it a struggle, Heidi? And she looked at, she looked back at the camera. She said, I only struggle when I get to the States when you try to put me in these five-star hotels. This is the only time I struggle, but I'm very comfortable on the dirt. And see, what we do is we look at that as a church. I'm talking about my own life here, okay? I'm not preaching nobody. I'm talking about the Bagley household, okay? And so what we look at that is we, we applaud Heidi. And what we want is we want to be warmed by her fire. But what we're saying, Heidi, at the end of the day, that's a check that I'm not willing to cash. Oh, man, you don't preach this on Sunday morning. John, you, you're thinning the crowd out. That's all right. I'd rather have five that burned than 50 that don't know nothing. Come on, somebody. I'd rather have 10 that could win a state championship than 100 that couldn't even compete in a little league game. This is it, man. How, how, I mean, how does people get mature? How do you grow up? The Bible says, Hebrew 5 says, having your senses trained, you exercise. You don't start out the gate just grabbing a microphone prophesying. You start by listening to the Lord and sharing it on the sidewalk, don't you, Danny? Come on, somebody. There's plenty of ministry opportunity. I, ha I was preaching long before I ever had a microphone. I had a construction crew I was preaching to. All right. Go a little further right here, you Okay. The Bible says this. So listen to this. We're willing to be warmed, but we're not willing to be burned. Now I want to get right here because I'm going to try to land this plane in something right here because I feel the Lord is helping me on this this morning. Now what is the purpose of the fire? What is When we talk about the fire of God, what is the purpose of the fire? I've heard people talk about the fire. You know, let me tell you what it's not for. It is not for us to come down here and run in here and fall down. That is not the purpose of the fire. If you thought that was the purpose of the fire, I'm here to give you the news. That is not the purpose of the fire. The purpose of the fire is to kill you. Now we see why we want to just... We got the most anointed dog you ever seen in his life. His name's Bo Elvis. He's a golden cocker spaniel. So Catherine was over there loving on him last night, but when I got in that recliner and flipped it back, he jumped over there with me. And I told him, I said, Bo, I said, you want me to, you want me to light us a fire? He turned around and looked at me two or three times, and he's, doing, he's looking at the fireplace because he likes to get on that recliner on the leg of it right there and feel that fire just kicking him a little bit. See, we all want to be warmed, but what causes that fire, that wood's got to go in there, and it's got to give its life up to produce that heat. So, I, I just think that what I'm saying this morning is this. I just feel like where the Lord's had me this week when we come back from Columbus to refocus on some things because you've got to understand what we cry out for. And what we cry out for when it translates into heaven does not, does not this is what we say, Lord, we cry out for miracles. How many pray that? God, I want to see miracles. Let me tell you how that enters into heaven. What that, handers, what that enters into heaven is, God, I want to hear miracles. How that's translated back is I want to be placed in impossible situations. 
Well, then when the impossible situations show up in our life, we start crying. God, why are we going through, why are we going through hell in a gas truck? You know what I'm saying? But well, you just prayed for miracles. If you want to see miracles, miracles happen in impossible situations that you couldn't have on your own. If you could do it on your own, you wouldn't need God. God, we cry out for revival. God, we cry out for the fire of God to come. Do you realize when it, I remember John Kilpatrick saying this. How many members of the Brownsville Revival? I remember John Kilpatrick saying this, that he went into his house one day for lunch and his wife had him a sandwich. And there was a beer commercial on the TV. And there was a lady on that beer commercial on TV with a, in a bikini. And he said it caught his eye when his eyes looked at him. He said the Spirit of God put him in the ground. And he said, I will have no gods before me. Oh, that didn't come out the grace book, did it? I better quit. Mm. What he's saying is, listen, <laughs> there, how many knows this? There is a level that the church got to when Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost that they dropped dead. And you've lied plenty of times. And you've made it out, didn't you? Huh? It's quiet. Boy, I'm, this, is a, this, is a, this is a attendance killer. I said, have you not lied to the Holy Ghost? Yeah, you have. And you didn't die, but you didn't lie to him in that level of presence. So what happens is the fire comes. Why does the fire come? The fire comes into my life to get the dross out of my life. Because what happens is, let's just be honest in here. We all start out and we all are along this journey. All of us at different paces of the journey. But what happens is, is little by little discouragement comes in. Come on now. How many's ever been discouraged? And if you're not careful, when you get discouraged, you'll get cynical, hard. And when you get cynical, compromise comes in. Am I the only one in the room? Let me just say it like this. I can tell you, I know because I bought the poster, got the t-shirt, we got it hanging up. That's exactly what happens. And so what happens is, how many knows this? When compromise comes up, how many of you know, have you ever felt, say, how in the world did I end up here? How did I end up here? I mean, how did it get to this level? Because the real reality is if you give the, I know this sounds like all holiness preaching, but if you give an inch of compromise, I'm telling you right now, the thing that you're not willing to kill will kill you in the end if you don't slay that thing. All right. The Bible says this in Malachi chapter three. Let's read it. I'm almost done. Malachi chapter 3. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Let me just say this too, because a lot of people take our podcast, a lot of people, I'm, I want to answer this right here. I'm not talking about religious works. What I'm preaching from is a standpoint of saying, I've said yes to God, and I ain't got that. Let me say this. When your yes is yes, uh, sin will be like a third shoe. When, I, when they sent these shoes to me to my house in the mailbox, not in the mailbox, but by UPS or FedEx, however they got there, when I opened the box, there wasn't three in there. There was two in there. The reason why there was not three, because I don't have three feet. And when you say yes to God, when your yes, your yes has got to drown out the nose. You don't have to worry about saying no Saturday night because that, that slick-haired boy right there has got Percy Sledge playing. Come on, somebody. You don't have to say no then because you've already said yes. Come on, church. Help me out here this morning. Anytime we're going to get on the hard stuff, it gets quiet. Come on, somebody. Just get on sexual sin. That'll shut the church down right there. It'd be tight as all get out. You hear a pin dropping in there. Come on now. 
But here's the deal. We got issues. Come on, there's not a person, including the one holding the mic, that don't have issues. But what I'm saying is, is God wants us to come to him, and the reason why that fire is there is to deal with that issue in our life. And we can either stand back and say, you know what, man, I, I, want, I just want to be warmed by the fire. I just want to be warmed by the fire. But listen, you have to make your decision. I'm going to live in the fire, and I don't care. I know this. Whatever's in your life is not holding you back this morning. God said, come. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care if you left the motel room at 6 o'clock this morning and you laid up fornicating all night. He said, come, 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 come. He can deal with it, friend. Here's the thing. The church, man, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's a big thing. Just, the church is so scared to death of sin and we don't talk about it and we act like it ain't doing it. How many believe sin's fun? You better raise your hand. You say, how, how can you say that? The Bible says it's fun. What happens is, is it goes in like ice cream, but it sets like rat poison. Malachi chapter 3 pull up the first three verses for me let the people see it he says this behold I say my messenger and he will prepare the. I will send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight behold he is coming says the Lord of hosts look at this but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. And he is like laundress soap. Look at this. And he will set as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi. And he will purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. It says he will come and he will sit as a refiner and a purifier. The fire of God comes in my life to hover, and what happens is all the draws. You remember before the priest entered into the Holy of Holies, what did he have to do? He had to look down inside the laver, right? The laver had a mirrored bottom on it, right? You remember this? You remember this in the Old Testament? Had a, the laver had a mirrored bottom on it so he could see himself. And then as he went in, the Bible says he had a golden censer in his hand. Is that not right? As he went in, he had, to, he had the golden censer of, of incense in his hand. And as he began to part the Holy of Holies, first of all, let me say this. By no way could a man, if it took a team of horses to separate the veil, the man didn't even have enough strength to get inside the veil. What happened is supernaturally, as, all, as the Almighty was descend in the veil, the, Perry Stone wrote a book on this, I read it years ago, called The Breath of the Holies. God would really begin to breathe in that place and it would begin to blow against the veil till the veil was lifted enough for man to get inside the veil. And man was totally blind when he went inside there because he, had, he sat there and he swung the incense. What he did was he covered that whole ground. That's the grace of God. Come on, somebody. So that God couldn't see his flesh and his humanity. He was covered in fine linen because God says you're not going to come to me sweating, striving. Come on now. I'm not preaching some religious thing. But what I am saying is, is when we're in a relationship... I mean, what kind of relationship would I have with Catherine if I did stuff that she totally hated all the time? I know what push her button. I can jump up in the morning first time when she's in there getting ready to shut that up all your holler out in tongues. She don't like that. And she, and she, and she, said, she, said, she said it scares her. 
but I'll do it from time to time. And I said, you ain't going to shut my praise down. <laughs> huh? But, but, but because I'm in a relationship with her and because I love her, I want to do what makes her happy. This is what I'm saying. The scripture says that sin shall not have dominion over you. 1 Corinthians 6, 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you. John chapter 8, verse, verse 32, 35 in there. It says, whom the Son sets free is freed indeed. We sing freedom, but we're not free. We sung, we sung uh, out of the Redback Hymnal for years, uh, page 120, uh, uh, Victory in Jesus. But very few people live in the victorious life. Christ died for a victorious life, not a defeated life. He did not die so that we could hang on here, barely making it financially and everything else. He died for a victorious life. So here's the deal. How do I get in that victorious life is I have to be willing to come to him and say, God, begin to deal with these areas of my life. This is where I'm at. Because see, here's the thing. We can go for a season at this level, you know what I'm saying? He allowed them, do you understand? He allowed them to push the, the, the Ark of the Covenant on that new car. He allowed them to go so far. But when they got the naked threshing floor, he said, you're not going no further with it. This is it. This is as far as you're going to go. And so I just feel like this right here is what I'm trying to say this morning is this, that I feel like we're in a season where the things that have hindered us, come on somebody, is there, am I the only one? There's things that have plagued my family for generations. If you don't kill it, then who are you going to kill it? What kind of man would I pass that on the responsibility of Grant and say, you go kill it because your daddy was too weak to kill it? No, I want to kill the bears and the lions that's in my lane so that he don't ever have to face them. He'll have enough to face on his own. And it's time. If poverty has held your family, grab it by the throat. Why are you going to let that devil keep plaguing your family? Get it by the throat. How do you grab it by the throat? You learn how to be a giver. Danny, am I telling these people a lie? So it's just like this. We can pray God's blessing over you that we blew in the face. We can pray, God, bless them, bless them. God, I pray you pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Bless them, bless them, bless them. You can stand in the same anointing and, and bless them, bless them, bless them. But until you can tithe, Amen. did you hear what I said? Until you can write your check and push it out of your house, I, you, I can pray to I fall over dead and you're not going to see no changes in your finances. But if you'll learn how to give, this is an upside down kingdom. In the world you receive, but in the kingdom of God you give. People get mad as far. We ain't preaching on money. Well, stay broke. Do you understand that if we don't change some of the things we're doing, you're going to be the same way you are in January of 19 as the way you're sitting here this morning in January of 18? Boy, I'm t- I feel, my God, I felt Dusty Rose come on me right then. Grab that devil by the neck and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, loose hold of my family. My God. Now listen to this. Here, here, I'm, I'm done right here. I'm almost done. I'm not worried about no clock either because I'm, I'm going to finish this thing. What happens? Well, we send, we send Grant up there to the ramp. 
Oh, he goes with me to Columbus. You know, we each taking away different things. You got you got multiple people with you, each is taking away different things. You know, I'm standing there on the front and I'm I'm sitting there, you know, I'm thinking about prayer, I'm thinking about the power of God. Grant, he's up there describing the guitars. Look at them two guitars. I have one right here, it looks custom made, Daddy. <laughs> you know? And so he's taking away different things. What he's doing is trying to run in his lane. You know what I'm saying? Probably 40 years from now, but maybe 60 years from now, Emmett might not be the lead guitarist in the church. So we've got to train somebody, right? Do you know that it's not just going to happen? I'm, I'm t- don't sit there, well, you know, it's just going to happen one day. No, it ain't just going to happen one day. What happens is, is in, in we, when we left to go to Columbus that Thursday night, when you told me, you said, that I'm, you said I'm t- making him strap the guitar on when we get back. He's not going to hide behind the amp back here in the corner. I'm making him put the strap on and stand up. Why? Because if he don't start strapping it on him now, he ain't never going to be able to lead out front. Well, he's 14 years old. By the time he's 21, he'll be shredding it right out front. Come on now. You with me now? So, so when it comes to this, we send our kids off. We, we, or, or let's just break it down right here. You have an encounter with God on Sunday morning. Some of you had an encounter this morning. When Alan wakes up in the morning and, 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 and Ken and everybody else, because I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying maybe. I don't say I thank God. I said I heard God say he'd heal you today. It's over with. I'm done with that. I can tell you right now, put that on your calendar. You heard me say it. John, Pastor John Bagley said that, that they are healed. I promise you, they're completely healed. Are right, you with me? And I can tell you this, that child right there will be a prophet of God right now. How many felt God all over that when we released that word? I know that by the Spirit. All right, so we had this real encounter. What happens? Why can't, why can't the encounter stay? Well, I've heard this. We've talked about this. Miss Crystal, have we not? Guess this morning. Wave to people know you're a real person. So here's the deal. Why can't they sustain it? It's simple. Environment. It can, be, it can be 22 degrees with frost on the ground and you can grow the greatest tomato plants if you got them inside a greenhouse. The environment produces the plant. Let me say this. That tomato plant is not straining. It's not laying as a seedling in that cup saying, my God, my God, I'm fit to produce some kind of tomatoes right here. My God, I'm breaking. I feel the spirit of the breaker on me. I'm fit to break the ground. All he's doing is resting in the environment. And what happened is the seedling is not, is not producing it. It's the environment producing it. God, I'm trying to help you right here. Some of you, if you don't change your environment, there ain't no way in heck you're going to make it. I'm sorry right there. I, I could have used another word, but I chose that one. There is no way that you going there is no way that your life is going to be changed in this 2018 and with all the prophetic words that we're going and you heard us say and then God brought a man from Pakistan and put him in front of me in Columbus Ohio and reherald the same word that we give out here that Jess reherald on December the 31st and he got right in front of me get the CD when I tell you about that it's from Wednesday night. Go back there and tell him you want to hear everything that God done in Ohio. Everything that we said God do. We had the conversation with Lou. We had every, every one of them we met. You know what I'm saying? We talked to them face to face and told them what God was doing here. But here's the thing. 
It's easy to live in that when you've got 20 teenagers that's on your same road that's going for it every day. So you've got to take ownership of what happened in your life. And you've got to begin to shift the environment. If you've got a computer screen in your room that's killing you, shoot it. We don't want to get this top of real. Come on now. Some of you might have to break your satellite. Well, mm, there that is. But what I'm saying is the environment, the reason why the flame keeps going out is because of the environment that you took the flame in. If the flame is, in, if it's got oxygen, if it's got the right environment, it will never go out. But if the environment is not conducive for that flame, it will go out. You go off to the ramp. You make a, we make a confession. We say, God, this, I'm never watching that again. And you don't cut HBO. What? I'm going to get real right here. You don't cut hell's best offer or send to the max off your TV and you go back to that environment and you collapse in that environment. It wasn't that God didn't do the real thing in your life. You didn't change the environment. Come on, somebody. Some of us want to have great marriages, but we got to change the environment. I, feel, I, I know I feel I know I know this is I know this is not popular preaching. This won't get me. This won't get me voted as pre, pastor of the year. But this is broccoli that'll grow us up to be some healthy people, and we can be conduits for the King of Kings to flow through. Come on, somebody, you got to grab. Listen, well, well, I, I just can't get to church every Sunday, man. Come on, what's important to you? My children has never heard us wake up and say, oh, "We're gonna go to the house of God today." Asher come to me one time. He said, Daddy, he said, can, can we just take off this Sunday? Can we just take off one Sunday? He said, I've been to church my whole life. <laughs> and to me, it's not about, I'm not coming to church out of some religious duty or because I'm pastoring the church. I come to church because I love the fellowship with his people. Come on, somebody. I may have had a week from hell. The devil may have belched it up out of hell. Came this week and I need the strength of the brethren. Come on, somebody. And I need to get my praise on with the family of God to break this stuff off of my life. We got to bring this thing to a closure here. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talks about the parable of the seed. Let me tell you this, there's nothing wrong with the seed. It has everything to do with the environment in which the seed was placed. Huh? Ain't nothing wrong with the seed. Now let me just say this. If one person in this room is successful, there ain't nothing wrong with the preacher. I said if one makes it, do you understand the same fire that's making him light up and burn like all get out is the same sun and fire that's hardening something else? What's the difference? It's the same fire. It's just a different environment. What makes a person do without food for 40 days? Shot and being crazy. Passion. This is what I told you. Stan was in my house Friday night, and this is what I told him. I said, never, never be hungry for ministry. Never. Never seek ministry. 
always seek Him. And this is what I said. If you, the day you start seeking ministry is the day you've got off, got, off, got off the task, man. You just seek Him. And this is what I told him. I said, we got three children running around here, a blonde, blondish brown, brown, dark brown, and redhead. Grant, John Bentley, and Asher. We did not have to strain to produce those children. That's just a result of the passion that I have for her, and there's the fruit of it. All you have to have is passion for him, and you won't never have to worry about fruit. It'll, be the, it'll just be the, the byproduct of your life. Whew. Whew. And I told him this, if this ain't right, that will never be right. That will never be right if this ain't right. Every woman in here, you know if your husband been with the Lord because he's a whole lot softer. She can tell you today that I ain't been with God. My, she, this is what she'll say. You, better get, you better, might want to get with the Lord. I'm going to help you get with him. I got the Holy Ghost in me and I'm married to the Holy Ghost, right? Holy Spirit. But what I'm saying is this. It's the environment. It's the environment. Let me just break this down right here. I'm, I'm done. It's 12.04 if you take a medicine. Teenagers, you want your kids, you want your friends and your peers to change? When you set your, te- when you set your youth group service up, you create an environment. Every restaurant you go to, according to what they're trying to do, that's the environment they've got set before you ever get there. That's why we cut the lights down low in here. We ain't trying to be cool. We ain't trying to be flashy. We're trying to create an environment that you can get along with God. And so here's the deal. Peter lived his life starting out in the journey. He followed Jesus from a distance. He was willing to be warm, but not willing to be burnt. Until one day he makes a decision, and he's found himself in an upper room, and it's recorded in Acts chapter 2. And the scripture says that what was finished in that room was 120 people. And it says that the Spirit of God fell upon them, and cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them, and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Church history goes on to tell us that Peter was crucified just like Jesus. But church history says that he looked at, his, at the people that hung him there and said, I am not worthy to hang like the Lord Jesus Christ. Flip me upside down. What goes from a man that, is, that cannot even confess Jesus in front of a teenage girl to lying about the Lord around the fire to standing up and preaching in front of 3,000 and giving his life for the cause of the gospel? I can tell you. He got burnt. When I was, when I was uh, 19 or 20 years old, I believe it was in 1999, of the first, is, it, in what it, if they, they did a special on it and called it the pathway to school shootings, which was Columbine High. Remember when that shooting happened? And the two shooters went in there. And there was two girls in there that I, I've talked about them a long time because I, I remember Rod Parsley, he did a whole week from the grounds there at Columbine. And the Rachel Scott, the girl that looked down the barrel of that shotgun and told that guy, I will not deny him. We listened to Robbie Dawkins preach on Saturday night and he was just in Kabul. And he was in Kabul and they were, they were laying hands on the sick and God was healing the sick. And they had this video camera and then the, whatever, the, 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 the guards come up and they asked, they asked Robbie. They took the camera and they scrolled through the images or whatever, and they saw where they had just, they were documented, man, that God had healed the sick, and they was leading them to Jesus. And Robbie's standing there with an interpreter, 
right there. And, he, and the guy looked at him, and the guy had an AK-47. Is that not what he said? And he pointed that gun at him. He said, are you a Christian? And Robbie said, yes. And the translator looked at him and said, my God, man, why did you tell him that? He said, because if we deny him now, then everything we've done is fake. Now think about this. The guy that we just heard preach in Columbus, Ohio, that ministered a ton in this state, and I didn't know that until we got, got that book. This is what he did. He said that he saw when the, when the guy lifted the gun up. They got the evidence on the camera right now. He said he knew the guy was fixing to kill him. And he said his family flashed before his eyes or whatever, and he did this right here. He said, Father, I release peace upon this man right now in Jesus' name. And he said when he said, I release peace upon this man, he said that that man went into a stupor. And he said, the only way I can describe it, you remember when Mick Dundee, is what he said, remember when Mick Dundee, then you know what I'm talking about, Mick Dundee on Crocodile Dundee, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's a nice knife, just what I told you, you know. Listen, he remember when he stared the, what, the, the, the water buffalo down, Did, you know what I'm saying, like that. You know what I'm saying? He said it was almost like God stuck his fingers in that man's face and just tilted his head like that. He said the man turned around and gave him the camera and everything, and him and the interpreter jumped in the car and left. God was still standing there. How many knows we serve an amazing God? But let me say this. You don't just, you don't just wake up. You don't walk out the doors of this church and look down the barrel of an AK-47 and say, yes, I'm a Christian. You don't just do that. What happens is, as you've been lit up by an eternal flame, the candle of the Lord is the spirit of a man. What's God's answer to Cook County? It's you. It's not John Bagley and Cornerstone Christian Church. It's you, friend. How bright is your candle burning? Or are you just being warmed in this church by someone else's fire? I'm going to say it again. How bright is your candle burning? Or are you just being warmed by somebody else's fire? You can't expect your life to change unless you're willing to get in the fire yourself. Now, I can tell you this. Why are you preaching this? Because it's about time I look down the barrel at some devils and say, I'm about tired of you plaguing my family. I mean, what I'm asking you is how long we're going to keep doing it? How long we're going to keep playing? Or when we're going to get real? See, because you got to get real now, friend. You understand what I'm saying? You can't wait on God to come and then I'm going to get real. As the light descends, the darkness is revealed. Am I, am I, I make decision. I'm willing to burn. I plan on dying a flaming man. That's my plans. I'm not perfect. I fall. Listen to this. There's not a person in this room don't fall. Come help me right here, team. I tell you what, you want me to just roll with what I had? And we can all just stay planted. Roll with me right there. <clears throat> when it comes to, when it comes, let me just say this. The Bible says sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Is that what it says? God didn't die to forgive you of mistakes. He died to forgive you a sin. 
Now that thing ain't going to break off of your life if you don't identify what it is. You can't kill nothing unless you don't identify it. You don't know what you're putting the crosshairs on. But what you have to do, whatever it is, if it's a young man that's bound in pornography, don't think of putting a wedding ring on your finger is going to change that, friend. What it's going to push you to do is you're going to be up late at night while your wife's in the bed. Come on, talk to me, somebody in this room. We got to be honest. And let me tell you something, your wife, that's the, they ain't no, I got authority to pray for you, but there ain't no greater authority on the earth than a husband and wife. You want to see something happen, you'll grab that by the hands and go after it. You think I can lay hands on you and I got power, and I do in my life. But I'm telling you, your greatest power threat is right there. There's one thing with me and him, Shonda Bokorebesikorabataya. But let me grab hold of that 220 right there. And so what happens is, is we got to be honest where we're at. Oh, do you feel him coming in this room? We have to be honest where we're at. I've had to look at her and say, we got to bust this computer because it's got a hold of my life. Now let's strike it. Come on. You say, I can't believe you'd say something like that. I've had to look at her some other stuff and she's had to look at me. And she didn't say, I can't believe. I can't believe you'd be that weak to allow something like that. The number one lie of the devil is you're the only one. That's a lie, friend. We're all struggling in this room. We're all trying to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't you let that lying demon tell you that. Because what he's trying to say is don't say nothing, 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 don't say nothing. Because he operates in darkness. All he's saying, keep it hid. Come on. Come on, keep it hid. Keep your reefer in the glove box. Come on, keep it hid. Come on, just keep it hid. But if you ever bring him to the light, he's lost a battle right there, ain't he, Danny? The light of heaven begins to shine down on him. You'll hear run like a squealing pig because he's already been defeated over 2,000 years ago. And he tries to steal your identity, friend. He's trying to make you believe that you don't have no power and that you can't get rid of him. But I come here today to tell you the real truth is there's real power on the inside of you. And you got the power to break that thing. You got the power to break that addiction over your kids, husband and wife. Grab your hands together and say, devil, I take authority over you right now. You lying, deceiving, Spirit of hell, I'll break your power right now. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Now this house right here is destined to have strong men, the mighty men. We're not going to be men that is bound by porn, weak marriages or nothing else. We're going to be mighty men in this house. We're going to be godly dads and godly men in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room, Jesse. And when we got problems, we won't... I come to serve notice on this right here too. We're going to get the gun off of each other and get the crosshairs to where the heck it belongs. And it belongs on hell, not on each other. Quit shooting your neighbor, friend. Keep running your mouth. Quit running your mouth in the closet talking about folk and put it on the devil. I told grandson, you cannot make it on mine. This is mine. But I promise you this, I'm going to burn enough. 
I'm going to burn enough as long as you stand by me. You ain't gonna, you're going to get tired of just being warmed by the fire. And you're going to say, Daddy, how can I get that type of flame in my life? And I'm going to say, buddy, you get it the same way I did. Get yourself locked away with him until he changes you. Now, this ain't popular preaching, but I've told my stuff that it shake a nation. His word does not lie. John, am I telling the truth? He said to the church that told my Jezebel, he said, he said, the church that overcomes her, I will give her power into the nation. We never gonna have power into the nation when we compromise in church. I said, when we're compromising, throw the crap down in Jesus' name. Stand up in your house. Come on, stand up. Come on, crank me up with that right there. May my fire on my altar never go out. I said, may it never go out. I promise you this right here. Pull it right just a little bit. There's an anointing in this room to shatter entanglements. Did you hear what I said? Now let me say this. Every time we've been in a room, well, I wonder what he's going down there for. Come on now. These thoughts run through your mind. I ain't finna step down there because they'll think I'm watching porn. Well, I tell you this, I'll lead the way and I'll be the first one to say, God, I need you to come to the Bagley's and break some stuff off my life. Some of you need depression broke off of your life. You don't have to live by Prozac. I come to tell you that right now. You don't have to take pills to put you down and pills to pick you up. There is a freedom. He does give his beloved rest. I'm quoting the Bible to you. We don't have to live in it. You can have the best marriage you've ever read about and dreamed about, friend. But you know what it takes? It takes two people living in the fire willing to die. You got to give up your rights and she got to give up her rights. Marriage ain't no 50-50. Whoever told us that was a lie. Marriage is 100-100. You die 100%, she dies 100%. But it's time. Our kids has got to hear us pray. Did you hear what I said? They've got to hear us pray in the house. Now I pray, but I, I would be sad to tell you, let's go on and get it real. Let's go on and get it real. My, my kids don't see, me walk the, they don't see me walk the house late at night. I done done all that before they got home. But our kids has got to see us pray. I did tell you this right here. I'll be the first. You're going to be shocked. See, my God, I'm Lee. I, I, I can tell you this. I, can't, I, I hate to say this. I don't know when the last time I grabbed Catherine's hand and we just went for it right there in our own bedroom. Come on. So what happens is this, man. I realize that I got areas to change. Does anybody else? Huh? 
And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we're wicked. I'm just trying to deliver what I feel like is on my heart this morning. And what God's saying to us. God's saying, I am coming. I know I baffled all that up with that word that I was trying to tell you. But the Lord gave me a vision. And in that vision, in that dream, in that vision where the pastor's office was sealed to the city, I feel like we're in that season where God's going to give the pastors an office that'll have a doorway into the city, in this city right now. God's going to give us that type of voice. But we have to be trusted with it, don't we, Danny? You're not going to let somebody walk out of there with $20,000 to go get get a $200 thing that you don't trust. And we've cried out for it. God, give us a healing anointing. God, give us an anointing to break cancer. We've cried out for it. But yeah, we've compromised. I just feel like this morning, let's just do this. Let's just come down here as a family and say, God, today, I just want to make a, just a, I just want to make a, I just want to make a commitment with you. This is just you doing business with God. I know what I got to lay down. There ain't nobody got to tell me. Let me tell you how easy. This is just what I've been thinking at. Let me say this. We're crying out for healing, but yet we won't change our diet. Let's just get real. Alice, don't shut me down. But I'm right. We can't lay up with the cake. We cannot do it. This ain't popular. I don't want to hear that. I just said, Lord, I want to wear something beside this stream flex before I leave the earth. <laughs> How do you lose weight? You can buy any top of weight. I, I'm tired of hearing this stuff. Kelly, come on. You know, well, such and such, man, they got this stuff you put in your coffee. I mean, the weight's just falling off. Let me tell you how the weight falls off. You get your butt out of, the, out of the table, and you get in the gym. That's how the weight falls off. Can I get amen in here? How does your life get changed? Begin to put it in place right here. Father, we just thank you this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord. Father, I preach what I felt like you wanted me to deliver, God. Father, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just trying to say, God, we've got to bring it back to focus. We've got to bring it back to focus in this room, God. Father, we can't get our eyes on stars and we can't get our eyes off of the prize. God, we've got to recalibrate. We've got to refocus. It's, and you've called this house to be different. you called this house to be a dedicated house, of, a, a, a house of generals, a house of kings, God. It's a Father, I pray today, God, as we just we just refocus ourselves upon you. And God, give us a grace to get rid of the little foxes that is spoiling the vines. Help us, God. Help us, we pray this morning, God. Break compromise. Break it off of our lives. Take the excuse out of our mouth. We will not have an excuse to give him, friend. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.